Hi, my name is Karen Down. I am the host of the Mere Models podcast, Mere Models Book Reviews, and the Value for Value podcast. Hey, podcast besties. Welcome back to the show dedicated to making your podcast the best it can be. I'm Courtney Kosak, your BFF and helping you grow and monetize your show. And this is the season finale, besties. And we are coming full circle back to James Cridland. James is, of course, the pod news editor and host. And he was also the very first guest on Podcast Bestie, the podcast. And today we are talking about V for V. And James actually started me on my V for V journey, kind of inadvertently. More on that later. But first, I want to introduce you to our guest, Karen Down, co-host of the Mere Mortals podcast and host of the Value for Value podcast. Karen is here to give us a primer on V for V, which is a new way to think about value and monetization in podcasting. So basically, V for V enables payment directly from podcast listener to podcaster using Bitcoin. It makes it super easy to support your favorite podcasters, no matter where in the world they might be based. And since we recorded this episode several months back, I have been testing this out. And in my humble opinion, value for value is a good option to include in pretty much every indie podcaster's monetization strategy. And on today's episode, Karin is going to help me explain why. First, bring the besties up to speed. Let's get the Cliff's Notes of your podcasting origin story, like what brought you to podcasting and what's been your experience so far. Yeah, for sure. So like most people, I have a, a weird one where it's the, oh man, I wish I'd recorded this. So I was actually traveling Latin America. I've got my big map behind me here. Oh, and cool. uh, I was doing these weekly conversations with my friends and we'd kind of catch up, check in, talk about what we're doing, funny stories, maybe so, like self-development, something like that. And as usual, we'd finish it and be like, damn, we should have recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> so it could have been done whilst I was traveling, but it would have been a, a nightmare to try to organize it at all. So when I came back from my, my big trip, uh, my friend Juan one day was like, let's just do it. And so we got some microphones and, you know, just did it the kind of crappy way using a GoPro camera with a super focused in lens with the, uh, you know, shoddy mics in my parents' spare room on paint cans and all that good you gotta stuff. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Exactly right. So, and then now you have explained the podcast that you have going today. Okay, so I've got a few on the run at the moment. Uh, the main one is the Mere Mortals podcast. That's a conversation type one I do with my friend. Uh, we get on guests sometimes. It's it's kind of a mixture of guests and us talking uh, about just topics we find interesting. So usually it's tech-related stuff or fitness or self-development, that sort of things. I've got one called Mere Mortals Book Reviews, pretty self-explanatory, uh, uh -huh. just going over book reviews. And then Value for Value is another one that I also do which is explaining the value for value model and looking into, I suppose, all the things related to that in terms of how people are implementing it uh, for their own podcasts. Oh, I love that. Okay, so this is the occasion for our conversation today is talking about V for V. You heard me on Pod News Weekly or you heard me on Trends. Podcasting 2.0? Uh, a, a bit of both. I, I think I heard you on Pod News Weekly. They they talked about it on podcasting too, but uh, so yes, you were on uh, hosting for filling in for Sam on Pod News Weekly, which is a very good good podcast to find out about all the newest podcast news and whatnot. Yeah. And right at the end, you made a comment about asking James about value for value. How can I do value for value? 
And he, he kind of gave a, an example at the end there. And there's this kind of interplay with James's show and Podcasting 2.0, which is the, the project, I suppose, to improve podcasting, add in new tags or features like transcripts or being able to go live and using value for value. And so they were mentioning like, ah, he missed an opportunity. Uh, <laughs> Courtney was really interested, but she didn't, he, he didn't like give her the, the spiel, the the full easy way to to go through it and whatnot. So yeah, I, I reached out to you after that just to see if you wanted to know more. Yeah, very generously give me the spiel. So let's do the spiel proper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, we are going to get into the V for V spiel in just a second. Don't you worry. But first, not to belabor this, but it was really thrilling to first sit in for Sam Sethi on Pod News Weekly and get to podcast with James Cridland. And then it was even more thrilling for Adam Curry, one of the inventors of podcasting, to talk about me on Podcasting 2.0 complete with clips. So, of course, I have to share a clip. This is how it went down. So I'm listening to PWR, Power FM. I'm listening to a Pod News Weekly Review. And Sam Sethi is not on the show. He's off skiing in Kitzbühel, probably with Roy from Breeze. I don't know, you know these guys. You know, I'm just in Kitzbühel in Switzerland. I'm going to have a little... <laughs> They're doing a deal. They're doing a deal of some sorts. <laughs> so uh, James has a has a guest host, Courtney Kokak. Kokak, I think is her name. Now, Courtney Kokak, who I'd not heard of before, she's no slouch. She's, um, let me see, I got her website here. She's based in Los Angeles. She's uh a comedian. She's uh, written for, um, I think, Washington Post, uh, Variety, Los Angeles Times, Cosmo. Um, yeah, so she's she's got something going on. Yeah, she made a hooker joke, which instantly was I was I was a fan of her. So this is great. Yeah, exactly. So oh, you heard you heard the show. Fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit into it. Well, so far. I'll 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 just you know she was talking about social because at a certain point James very correctly starts to interview her about herself and she makes this joke mm -hmm. and I'm listening in bed with you know with one ear because you know Tino's already asleep she's sawing logs I'm like I'm just kind of listening see if I'm going to fall asleep or not it's something that, that I don't typically do but the show came out later than normal for me so i still wanted to hear to know what's going on in podcasting the week in review which is what the show does yeah this surprised me that you were listening in bed i didn't think that was your style it's not my style at all so all Did of this you have wine uh no 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 nothing okay. no this is this is the lord's work man because otherwise <laughs> i would not have known this i'm telling you and this is going to benefit um uh, going to benefit courtney it's going to benefit uh, Rob Greenlee is going to benefit uh, podcasting 2.0. So this is, I'm just listening. Then she's, they're talking about her social justice work or something. And I, I wasn't quite sure, but this is 22 seconds, just short. And this got my attention. Like, oh, this is an interesting person. I do like social <laughs> justice and equality, but I would, ha I have to say, you know why I think they added that line is because I, on Twitter, offered to DM people topless photos of me if they would donate to Black Lives Matter. So okay. I really don't think that is the kind of social justice figure that they're thinking. Wowzers. Um, wowzers. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love James. Wowzers. Because, of course, we all visualize this immediately. So I'm like, you have my attention, Courtney. What else you got? 
<laughs> so, so James has, mission accomplished. Yeah, it's a good show. So James, now, they were talking about ChatGPT and how incorrect it is. So James is now going to talk about her podcast, which is titled Private Parts Unknown. And if for whatever reason, it's a British thing. I don't know. It's a, it's an Australian thing. You can't really describe it because it's naughty. What's up with that? Yeah, this is your, this is your uh, smutty podcast. Yes. Smutty, smutty <laughs> podcast. Yes. <laughs> so it's a podcast that I seem to remember I had to write about in Pod News, but obviously I, I'd like everybody that works in boring corporate <laughs> environments to uh, get the newsletter. And so therefore I couldn't actually write anything about what the podcast was about. <laughs> Which was very strange. But there we are. This is all right. What, what's that What's that podcast about? Private Parts Unknown? In. Love and sexuality around the world. Hello, hello. You have my attention all the way now. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is interesting. And Ice Cube Soup says two words, chapter she, art. She's actually, <laughs> she's actually part of a network. And I just picked the first 25 seconds. It's not even her show. It's the first 25 seconds of her podcast where she's promoting another podcast on the network, but you get the whole idea in 25 seconds. Hello, privates. Before we get into today's episode, I want to turn you on to a very horny podcast from the Pleasure Podcast Network. It is the horny housewife, baby, and Jordan is the host. She's talking about all things sex and marriage, which, you know, I'm in a long-term relationship i know what's up so check out the horny housewife boom now now comes now comes the kicker the beauty (laughs) beauty beauty part of what's going on on this podcast out of the blue she says this uh excellent well (laughs) so wait can you explain something to me james because i have been obviously we're in the tech segment right now, and I've been listening to your show a, a lot today in preparation for this. And I am like really excited about V to V from, from you. So can you tell me yes. about it? And I'm not a techie. Like, am I going to know how to set this up? And is it worth it if I don't have a bunch of people trying to give me sats all the time? <laughs> Will they want to give me sats or not? I don't know. Uh, Will they want to give you sats or not? Well, I, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think it's, it's it, time to firstly go into Boosterbram Corner and then we can... So James falls down on the job! And, if, and he goes to Boostergram Corner and then he does this whole thing like... And like, no, 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 this, this podcaster, Court, Miss Kokak, is primed and ready to do full on value for value, lit, go live. This would blow V for V podcasting 2.0 out of the water. Rob Greenlee, your mission is clear should you choose to accept it. Get in contact with her, man. Set her up. Have Todd fix the, you know, get the the live streaming set up. This is the, this is your, um, this is the moment. This is an obvious win. If you think Boostergram sounds and the Boostergram segment is good on on a regular show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Boostergram on, on Horny Housewives. I mean, give, give me a break. <laughs> well, that's another, well, p- Private Parts Unknown is her podcast. Okay. I but, mean, either one. But I mean, it could, on. The whole network could benefit. This is my fans uh, live streaming lit. My fans lit. Mm-hmm. Only fans lit. Whatever it doesn't my matter. Fans, my Only, fans, it, yeah. This is a, I, look, I'm, I'm too old for this. I don't go running after talent anymore. I just don't. 
I did it all my life, uh, you know, running after talent for interviews, running out for, uh, for networks, all this stuff. I'm not going to do it, but I'm, I would like to point out this is a massive opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> what an exciting opportunity. Whew, that was fun. Okay, so let's get into value for value. So first, define V for V and then explain how the model works, because I, I don't think every indie podcaster is familiar with this. It's a little niche. Yeah, it, it definitely is niche. So V for V stands for value for value. It's a model that was particularly created by Adam Curry, one of the guys who invented podcasting on his show, No Agenda with John C. Dvorak. And in its simplicity, it's it's really easy. I, I provide value to you and I just ask that you return value in some form. You can see modern parallels for this with busking. Uh, you know, buskers are out on the street, they're just doing their thing and they don't even ask or they might have a little placard or something like that. Uh-huh. Or I know you've traveled before, Courtney. If, have you ever been on a walking tour? Uh, a free- I love walking tours. So a lot of them will be a, a free walking tour. And so you go to it and these people will show the sites and whatnot. And then right at the end, they usually say, look, there's a company kind of behind this, but we don't take any profits. Everything that you donate back to me right now, I just ask, you know, how much value did you get out of this tour? So there's, there's modern examples in the quote unquote real world. Uh, for podcasting, it's a bit different because we have this digital medium, this ability to reproduce a single piece of content ad infinitum. So in this case, it's a lot easier to just say, hey, if you got value from this, please return it. And you could be speaking to a thousand, a hundred thousand, a million people if you've got a, a big, big podcast. So that's the the simplicity of it. Just asking for some value in return. So you're asking your listeners for value in return, mm-hmm. but there are other ways, right? They can share it with someone. They can, it might be money, but it's not always money. Correct. As I heard you kind of frame it at the end of your show. Yeah, yeah. So uh, value is very subjective. We all know the trope, I guess. One man's uh, treasure is another man's trash or vice versa. (laughs) One man's trash, another man's treasure. So value can be very different for different people and ways of displaying it and the opportunity for it. So a nice way of framing this is the three T's, time, talent, and treasure. So one way of doing this if i just ask value in return and it's always really useful as the podcaster to give many different options to kind of highlight how this could be done so the simplest and easiest one i've noticed you doing it on most of your shows is asking to share with a friend or perhaps to leave a rating or review on you know apple or or spotify or whatnot Mm -hmm. simple one everyone can know that Talent is a little bit more tricky because you can have some really niche listeners who might know things that you don't know, have knowledge that you don't know or a skill or a talent. So in my book reviews one, for example, I usually ask for recommendations. You know, I do these book reviews. You can kind of get a feel for what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Send me in a review or a, a recommendation of another book I should review. So, you know, it's kind of like a specialized little niche piece of knowledge, which is hard to find elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Another one, for example, I was struggling with because I'd go live on YouTube and so there was this kind of gap between the live starting and then me actually starting the show. And so I had all these chapter markers which weren't matching up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I tried doing it in Excel and like my Excel knowledge is medium at best. <laughs> and I had a, a listener, a supporter who was really good with Excel. So he whipped up a sheet for me in five minutes, which 
all I have to do is copy and paste and it translate all these values across and, you know, was doing it in these weird formats, which would have taken me hours probably to figure out. And he did it in five minutes. That's a great example of, of providing something that I don't have and would struggle a lot with and they can do really easily. And then, of course, money-wise, there's the value in terms of treasure. So, so many different options for this. There's PayPal, there's sending in a direct gift, perhaps, if you're going to a meetup or something like that, of fan mail, of, you know, all these sorts of different things. And then the cool stuff now is being able to do it within the actual podcasting app. So, it feels a lot easier. It's it's kind of intuitive. I love the philosophy of, like, it being this more of a conversation with your listeners and like them being involved in the value proposition too. So what drew you to V for V and how did you get started at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. So I started my podcasting journey, I suppose, in September, 2019. And like I was saying, it was really kind of shoddy at first, which I, I think is a good recommendation just in general. Don't buy all the equipment if you're not sure if you enjoy speaking totally. into a microphone and, <laughs> and and video if you're doing that as well. So it took probably probably six months until I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of serious about this. I'm willing to to get more of a studio set up, which is what I have here. And I did it probably for another year, not even thinking about doing anything other than getting some listeners. You know, mm-hmm. not not speaking into the void which is one of these great things about of, of value for value is you can get a bit more of this connection with your mm-hmm. audience. And you know, it's not just a, a like perhaps on Twitter or something like that. It's a, they're showing some value and it can be in a very small form, but it matters a lot. It, mm-hmm. it breaks that speaking into the void, which uh, I think we've all experienced. So I was doing that for a while. And then I was just getting to the point where it was like, okay, I would like to make some money from this. I would like to make this a kind of full-time gig or a job, but I personally just have a dislike of advertising. This has always been with me. I've, I've always hated ads on TV. It's very rare that I find one which is like, wow, I'm, I'm glad I spent 30 seconds of my life <laughs> watching that or listening to that. So I was kind of desperate, to be honest. I was looking for anything else. I knew there was the patreon models or the paywalls and things like that i've also have a kind of philosophy that I, I i feel my podcast should be available anytime anywhere for anyone anyhow mm-hmm. so i don't i don't like putting barriers in in front of that and you can see that with a lot of shows that go exclusive on spotify for example right a lot of them tend to <laughs> switch back up and and make it more broad because they realize oh you know and the what, 30% max of people are listening on Spotify, if that. Yeah. So I was actually listening to James Cridland on a random thing during COVID where he was doing an online presentation. And then right at the end, he was said, oh, you know, by the way, there's this thing called Podcasting 2.0. Adam Curry is doing it and uh, you can get uh, support via Bitcoin. And I just thought, what the hell scam is this? Adam Curry is <laughs> going to send me Bitcoin? Is that how this works? Thankfully, I, I got over that that little initial reaction to that and, and dived a bit deeper into it and realized, okay, no, it's a it's an open platform, very much like RSS, which is used to be able to uh, be uncensorable in many ways. If you really want to, you can do it from start to finish and own the whole stack mm-hmm. and not have anyone like with your podcast, um, Private Parts Unknown, 
that gets into some, I suppose, spicy topics, some topics mm -hmm. which are illegal in other countries. And if you're in a certain jurisdiction, that country would say, uh, you know, no, we, we want to shut that down and, and you could shut it down at the knees, much like getting kicked off YouTube or Twitter or any of these places. So the whole concept of podcasting 2.0, and, and this kind of links to value for value is it's, it's to extend this ability to speak your mind on whatever subject you want to. And now there's this additional infrastructure where you can get your listeners to support you via any of these different means. So you're not trapped into using just a Patreon or just a PayPal mm -hmm. where many people have been kicked off for these things, which is uh, unfortunate and it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Hey besties, just a quick word from our sponsors. First up is Memento, which I actually use on the YouTube channels and create social media assets for all of my shows. Because being successful with podcasts and video is a full-time job that most people, including myself, don't have the time or experience to do. And that's where Momento comes in because Momento is an end-to-end -end AI video marketing tool that finds your shareable moments, creates beautiful shorts, and even schedules straight to social. Can it do more? Yes, Momento can write high-quality show notes, social posts, tweets, and even jokes from your content. Your first upload is free and there is a link in the show notes. So what are you waiting for? Go see what AI can do with your video. And our next sponsor is none other than the awesome podcaster who helps me with my podcasting video, Matt Gilhooly. And Matt just celebrated 100 episodes with his podcast, The Life Shift. And he had a very special episode on December 12th with Justin Moore to celebrate that. The Life Shift is a weekly podcast featuring candid conversations with people about the pivotal moments that change their lives forever. And oh my God, I listened to Matt's episode recently where he talks about the loss of his mother and his grandmother and who that is an incredible episode and really shares the why behind this podcast. And it is so touching. I encourage you to check that out and check out his hundredth episode with Justin Moore. And I think you're probably going to be hooked on the life shift by Matt Gilhooly. And you can buy a sponsorship to Podcast Bestie at podcastbestie.com slash advertise. Okay, now back to the show. So, so far, Karin has made a solid case for why B4B can be good for indie podcasters. But now, let's learn about how to get started. Do you use Fountain or what platform? Are you on a platform that facilitates your V4V? Yeah, so some actionable advice, I guess, for, for people who perhaps have a podcast and want to jump in. There's a few different ways you can go about it. Probably the easiest, I would say, is using the Fountain app, which is a, a podcasting app in itself. But as a podcaster, you can go in and claim your feed. In there, there is a, a wallet. And basically, you can then start saying, hey, to your audience, if you want to uh, send in some Bitcoin, which is what all of this is using because fiat money can't be streamed using micropayments, uh, you can go into financing. Wait, sorry, explain what you mean. So, for example, if I wanted to support your podcast, uh, so I'm here in Australia, right? Uh -huh. uh, if I wanted to send money into, into you right now, 
how would I do that? I would I would have to use a platform like PayPal or Patreon right. because there's no way I can use Australian dollars to be able to to just give it to you. I don't It'd know be if you've ever complicated. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you've tried sending money overseas using a bank transfer, but that's <laughs> it's a painful process, really painful. So the great thing about Bitcoin is it can be used to kind of transfer value from anywhere in the world and it all links up nicely there's no there's no i suppose issues with regards to this person having a middleman saying will i accept this payment or not it's it's this kind of direct peer-to-peer -peer nature much like uh -huh. podcasting is when i listen to your your show yes there is an app i suppose that ingests the feed but if i really want to i can go into your rss link i can find the link to your audio and i can listen to that on the desktop so it's very similar in that sense where no one's trying to lock you into anything. So if you go into Fountain and do this, you don't have to use the Fountain app. You don't have to say to your audience, only listen via Fountain. You could go onto Podverse or Breeze or Castomatic or CurioCaster, or there's a whole bunch of other ones as well. And so you're not locking your audience into just listening via one thing, which is... Oh. Which is silly because you you don't want all your audience in just one place because perhaps they have different needs perhaps they enjoy more the ability to have individual minutiae like podcast uh, addict does where you can the settings in that thing are insane you can just go deeper and deeper and deeper or perhaps you want a real simple easy to use version which doesn't have all of these additional features so this is the good thing about asking support through value for value. You just have to use an app which accepts it. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, at the moment, Apple and, and Spotify don't. Perhaps they will in the future, which are the big ones. But there's plenty of, of really great podcasting apps and you can choose from that. So it's you're not trying to lock anyone into anything with this. But you would say Fountain's a great place to start for people. For a podcaster, yes, definitely. You can also go to podcasterwallet.com. And if you are a bit more tech savvy with um, Bitcoin and, and the Lightning Network, which is kind of <laughs> a way of using Bitcoin, I would say. Mm -hmm. there's there's an ability to claim your feed via there as well. Or if you're really, really tech savvy and you have your own podcast, you can put it in the actual tags in your, in your RSS feed. So that's probably the easiest way for a listener to support. Fountain is also great because as you're a listener, they actually reward you with sats for listening. So it's a very small portion and, and sat is short for Satoshi, which is a portion of Bitcoin. There's a hundred million Satoshis in one Bitcoin. So if you're on Fountain, I think each day they give you an hour of listening and they'll reward you, I suppose, with 60 Satoshis, which is, I don't know, a half a penny or something like that in, <laughs> in, in US dollars. And if you do that enough, you can earn, you know, a little bit over a, a period of time. And then if you want to, you can boost that or stream that into your favorite podcaster and you're starting this kind of value loop of rewarding the podcaster for their effort and, and saying thank you to them, which is uh, very much appreciated. Yeah, totally. I love that. Okay. So it doesn't sound like you tried any other monetization strategies. Is that right? For myself? No, no. So the good thing about this is you don't have to go all in on this. It's not like you can only do value for value. No, there's there's plenty of different ways. Uh, many shows do 
advertising, the standard uh-huh. advertising, sponsorships. You can do the Patreon model as well. It's designed to fit in with everything. I like it as the the overarching term because it's a way of using your call to action, for example, and couching it in terms of value for value. The biggest step is is getting over this hurdle of of feeling like you're begging of, yeah. of asking for your audience. That's that's a hard step, and it's a step, I suppose, that you also have to do whether you're doing Patreon or PayPal or or any of these other methods. So you have to get over it at some stage. But it, I I think couching it in this terms of value for value is helping of that you, you because you're doing the first up you're doing the work at the start you know uh mm-hmm. when i reached out to you i i listened to podcast bestie with james and then i sent in a review because you asked for that and, and you know i didn't ask any, for anything in return mm-hmm. i just like doing that so it's this nice aspect where you're not it, it doesn't feel like you're trying to take before you've already given i suppose yeah that's actually a great point and It's interesting because I'm on both sides, right? Like sometimes I'm reaching out and I have a request and I also have people that want to be featured in my newsletter or on my podcast or whatever. So I'm getting a lot of inbound stuff too. And it does make a big difference when someone takes the time to familiarize themselves with your work or like that's very much appreciated that you sent a review. And like, you know, I asked people and I'm going to shout them out too. But I think going into it with like that community mindset is really important. And that's what I like about this monetization strategy. So how do you communicate this value proposition to your listeners and make that ask? Because you kind of have to educate your listeners in a way, right? But Correct. I guess yes. we're we're doing that a little bit. It's like you have to go a little further than, like you said, I'm already asking for a review. So tell me how you do it and like how it kind of works together. Yeah. Yeah. So how I personally do it, I usually like to split up my shows where I will do it more towards the end. So once again, this this kind of aspect of giving you the good stuff at the start. So for mm-hmm. the book reviews, for example, I'll do the full book review and then right at the end, I'll do the ask. So that's personally how I do it. Uh, I know other people can split it up and do it in the middle, for example, as, as kind of like a teaser. One of the great things about when you're getting the support back from your listeners is being able to to highlight that and use that as actual show content. So mm-hmm. during the middle of the show, you can say, instead of, I got this nice email, or I got this nice uh, tweet or something like that. You can say, Jamie XX boosted in a thousand sats and they said, da, 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 and mm-hmm. you can kind of react to that. So that's, the, I, I also do that for the mere mortals, for example. I'll, I will do one episode more of a pre recorded one, which I, I just have the, the ask at the end hey, if you enjoy the show, Time, Talent, and Treasure, there's many different ways of supporting. I'd recommend going to these different apps mm-hmm. and I, I usually list off ones that I've tried and I can kind of vouch for for using. I use Fountain and Podverse on a pretty regular basis. Mm-hmm. And then I also will, yeah, kind of linking in this feedback as well, relating to the void, speaking to the void, as much as it's on a podcaster end, speaking to the void, you can also have this as the listener. If you're the listener and you're listening to a show, and you want to get in contact with them and you send them a message via email or Instagram or something and you just get no response, that hurts just as much. That pain is still there. So 
one of the key aspects to value for value is linking the loop of of saying i recognize your message thank you so much here you mm-hmm. know i really appreciate it so that's a pretty important aspect of of the whole model you have to feel good in in terms of of providing the value back uh, of providing the value up front i should say and then the listener the supporter has to feel good in that you're acknowledging it and receiving it and that they are not just boosting into the void so to speak mhm mhm that's good Hey besties, is starting a podcast one of your New Year's resolutions this year? Well, I am teaching a five-week class for roadmap writers called Creating Your Podcast starting on January 13th, and it is going to be the perfect kickstart. In fact, I am going to be working on my new podcast alongside the class. So if creating your podcast is one of your 2024 goals, I encourage you to join us. And then on January 21st, I am teaching a one-day workshop called Start a Newsletter to Supercharge Your Platform, Network, and Business. And I am sharing everything I have learned from doing Podcast Bestie and a bunch of additional research I did for the class. I am so excited about this. I taught this one time last year, and I'm making it even better for 2024. So I encourage you to join us if you want to start a newsletter or do a better job with your companion newsletter to your podcast. It is just $75. There is more info in the episode description on both of these courses, or you can go to CourtneyKosak.com slash links. Okay, now back to the episode. First of all, can I ask how much approximately you've made or consistently make? Yeah, sure, sure. So across the various shows, I think I'm up to probably about three to four million Satoshis. So with that being... <laughs> the the problem with the Bitcoin is the price rate is a little <laughs> rough. <laughs> <laughs> it, ch- it changes a lot. So a half a month ago, it was worth a lot less, and now it's it's worth a lot more. Uh, I think that would be about a, a grand and a bit. Oh, nice! I think probably two grand in Aussie dollars, so you know, a grand and a bit in in American US dollars. Okay, uh, I'm I've, I've got small shows. These these aren't big shows. You know, I'm I'm getting for the mere mortals. It's maybe. 50 to 100 listens per episode. The book review is probably about 50 as well. So in terms of the the cost per mil, I suppose, all up, it's roughly equivalent to if I had just enabled ads. And uh-huh. I personally feel that my shows are way better for not having advertisements in them, whether it be the dynamic ads, which can be rather jarring at times where it just goes uh-huh. in midway or... The feeling of shilling, which I, yeah. I also don't particularly enjoy. And and look, it's once again, anyone can do whatever they want. You know, if you if you love advertising, if you've got a, a product of yourself that you've created and designed and you can vouch for, you know, go nuts. The problem is there's there's not that many case studies of it. The most right. uh, obvious one is no agenda. And the the brilliant thing about value for value is people value things really differently. So <laughs> with a Patreon or um, or something like that, where there's kind of set limits, mm-hmm. you'll only get what your those limits are. So if you put it at you know five dollars, ten dollars, and fifteen, sure, there's people who won't contribute on either side of that. So there's people who would go, I'd maybe pay two dollars a month, but not five. Um, Mm -hmm. And so using value for value, they can send in whatever they want. There's no restrictions or forcing. I've also had on the opposite end, and this is tends to what happens, you'll get people who value it a lot. And so I've had people boost in at times 
uh, the equivalent of, I think it was like 50 or $75 or something like that. Oh, nice. For, for a small show, you know, that that's a big difference. And if I was using Patreon, I, I probably wouldn't have a $75 tier or something like that. So uh, if you go onto No Agenda, they've got a very big audience and I think they've had people donate in, you know, like 20 grand or five grand or oh, just <laughs> serious amounts of money. So it's... It's doable. You can create a living off it off of it. It has been shown to to work, but it might feel more risky and it is going to be a lot more hilly because you won't have a kind of set standard reliable thing. And it relies on your work as well. So it's a lot more requiring of a daily effort. I like it because it it rewards my effort. The more effort uh-huh. I put in in terms of creating a better show or in terms of creating a great product, the more people will value that. And, you know, it's this give and take. I've got to find what people value in terms of a, a show. So if I have 20 minutes of dead silence, <laughs> no, that's not a great show. So people no. probably aren't going to appreciate that. But if it's really great, it, unique, if it's interesting, if it's shown that I've put a lot of effort into it, whether it be by lots of editing or minimal editing, you get rewarded for the effort that you put in. So while I think V for V is a great addition to your monetization strategy, and I think it's important to get on Fountain surely for the discoverability aspect, I don't want to be misleading with this episode and give you unrealistic expectations. So I'm sharing my results. I started on Fountain in March of 2023, and I have three shows. And I've only made about $130 total for all three shows in the 10 months since I started. And I have also run promotions. So I have spent a lot more money on Fountain than I have made. And I just want to be straightforward about that. But I still think V for V is a great addition, like I said. And you need to be on Fountain just so that you can be discovered there. I'm curious how you've optimized to respond to your listeners and also to like enhance this value proposition ask situation without getting annoying yeah yeah that's that's a a crucial one i suppose so i i I try and not push it like i said I, i i have just this one um section at the end sometimes you can make games out of it so for example on our website the meermortalspodcast.com slash supporter we have a a leaderboard you know people like games and sometimes one guy's risen to the top and then he's he hasn't boosted for a while so now it's like the opportunity to catch up is right now you know if (laughs) if you're being a bit more consistent uh we also do things like giving merch away so it's it's not this isn't a, a money making venture per se. Uh-huh. So we've got a whole bunch of shirts, and we just say, hey, look, once you reach a hundred thousand of contributing in, we'll send you a shirt, and we'll send it wherever you are in the world. So if you're in, I don't know, the opposite side in Russia, that <laughs> that'll probably cost a bit, but we'll, we'll do it anyway. Like that's, that's totally cool. fine for us. So having these kind of like limits or, or making a game out of it, gamifying it is, is a really fun way of doing that. And people have so many different ways of, of doing it. So there's also numbers. So making the game out of the numbers. So if you send in 2,222 or, or a row of twos of some sort, they all look like little ducks. Oh, you did that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's my favorite one. So I, it, it looks like a row of ducks and that but you can send in 
uh, Liberty Boost, 1776. You can send in the Boob Boost, 8008. You, know, there's, you, you can make games out of it. I gotta send the boobs to to James. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and and you can modify this and make it unique for your show. For Private Parts Unknown, the boob boost is a no brainer, right? That's yes. a, that's an awesome one. Uh, for if you've got more of a tech focused one, or if you've got a sports one, for example, perhaps you'd have. Uh, like a, a a very tech focused one would would maybe have the binary boost one zero one zero one zero or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's about making a game out of it as well and making it fun for the listeners and for the audience. So it's not a verbal assault of, <laughs> of support us like the yes. NPR drive or whatever. Correct, correct. So have you gotten any listener feedback that from your supporters that you think has changed your show for the better? Yeah, I mean, s- some of them have been saying, you know, the audio on this one sucked. <laughs> that's that's great. That's oh. great feedback. And then I go, okay, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I stuffed this one up. It's one of those ones you got to be slightly careful of, of not getting, what's the term? I think it's audience capture or something like that, where you get great feedback for, for doing something. And then so you follow just that route and then right. you end up being trapped doing, I don't know, a- ASMR reviews of but fluffy cats or something on, on YouTube. Like, you know, you can, if you get enough feedback from certain individuals, you can go too far down a rabbit hole. So, <laughs> but there certainly are things of, it's it's a great mechanism for knowing, okay, this really resonated with the audience. So when I had on uh, Oscar Mary, who is one of the co-founders of Fountain, that show got boosted in a lot and it got a lot more listens and oh. it was a great value signal for me going, okay, it's it's not just me finding this crazy niche thing and no one else is caring about it. No, there's, there's obviously some interest in this. So it's a really great mechanism for knowing what your audience likes. And I find it a better mechanism than perhaps like an Instagram poll on your uh-huh. story because what if you're have a knitting podcast or something like that and you only have grandmas listening who don't really use Instagram well mm. you're, you're kind of out of luck and and it's it's hard to know what they appreciate and what they don't well we need to get these grandmas into Bitcoin so that we can get them on <laughs> yeah, right, v right. for V <laughs> might be it might take a little while <laughs> <laughs> so you it sounds like you listen to a lot of other V for V shows so who's like crushing it and doing cool things? Yeah, yeah. So there's actually a a chart on fountain.fm, I think, slash charts. Or if you go to fountain.fm, the website, they have a a chart link that you can click on. Mm -hmm. And so you can actually see via the the ranking of how much people have contributed back, which shows people are really valuing at the moment. So that's, that's a great one in terms of being able to see just in pure terms of support what people like. A lot of them are Bitcoin shows, so mm-hmm. Bitcoin's a part of it in the sense that for a podcasting in particular, it, it enables this ability to to support from anywhere in the world without this kind of restrictions. So if you're in Iran and you really like an American podcaster or vice versa, you, you're going to have a real, real trouble sending any money in any mm-hmm. way to them. Mm-hmm. So it's a part of it, but it's also not all of it. So, and Bitcoin can scare people off. I get that. And it takes a lot of time to, to understand, but 
the good thing now is you can kind of play around with it with with really small amounts of money. It's not an investment. It's it's more of a a token of appreciation. So you can think of it like going to a a, a playground fair or a park or something like that, where they have you buy five dollars worth of fun fair tokens or something, and then you use that inside the actual venue. So it's you can kind of view it like that. I personally enjoy podcasting 2.0 in terms of being a podcaster and staying up on the latest technical developments and being able to provide a, a greater product for my listeners and audience. So one of the things, for example, is is chapters. So I don't know if you've had this, Courtney, but a lot of times you'll have a great link or a picture or something that you want to talk about and you're having to describe it in the audio mm-hmm. form because it's an audio format. There's some really cool things where they have chapters now and you can include a link and a picture to and oh, oh. the timestamp of it. So when I get to the section on talking of a, a funny dog image or a maybe you wanted to show the exact uh, place that you went to in Japan for that uh, erotic massage that you got, <laughs> you could put in a link to the website, perhaps, for example, and also a picture of the outside of the building or their logo or their brand or something like that. And in these new new podcast apps, a lot of them will have this and it will surface it on the screen so you can see and say, if you really would like, you can still describe it if you want, but if you want, you can also just say, it's on your screen as you speak. So that's there's, cool. yeah, there's some really cool stuff that's not related particularly to value for value, just becoming a better podcaster. So uh, yeah, podcasting 2.0 for for podcasters, obviously people listening to this probably are going to be podcasters. So that that's a, a good one. James Cridlin does it on, uh-huh. on um, Pod News Weekly. And then, I mean, like I'll plug my own show, Value for Value, if you want to know kind of the philosophy. And I, in the second season, I spent, basically the whole episode, I think 18 episodes, just looking at a whole bunch of individual shows and seeing how they did it. So, oh, these people are interesting. They're, they've uh, done it more at the start rather than at the end. Oh, these people created a leaderboard. I took that from another show and was like, oh, that's a really great idea. I want to do that. So yeah, that, that's a whole selection there if you want to <laughs> find out a bunch of them. Hey besties, Mopod Boost has helped me reach so many new listeners for this podcast, maybe even you. I am thrilled to share that Podcast Bestie now has 70,000 downloads and Mopod has definitely given me a boost in that department. What is Mopod, you may ask? Well, Mopod's groundbreaking technology transforms your podcast into captivating display ads. These ads are then optimized and strategically placed across the web, steering listeners right back to your podcast. It's an effective, targeted way to promote your show, and it's already trusted by industry giants like Condé Nast, iHeartMedia, and the HubSpot Podcast Network. And that's because it works. But Mopod isn't just for the big guys. Mopod Boost is perfect for indie podcasters like me and you. And there's been an exciting new wave of updates to Mopod Boost self-serve that include the ability to generate impactful ad copy with the help of AI and the implementation of sophisticated targeting options such as geolocation, age, gender, and household income. 
Podcasters can now pull comprehensive campaign reports straight from the platform, delivering insights on audience demographics, devices, daily delivery statistics, creative performance, and even granular geographic data. Bopod Boost has actually been my favorite paid advertising experiment to date. I have used it on all my shows, and you can try it for just $100. Plus, if you're a bestie, you get 10% off with the link in the description. So try it out and let me know what you think. So we talked a little bit about Boostagrams and how, you know, some of the numbers have meanings and stuff. Explain, because you can kind of use this as a strategy boosting, boosting other shows as a strategy to promote your own show. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Some people have labeled that satvertising. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a kind of fun play on that. Once again, there's, I suppose there's a little bit of etiquette with this as well. So Mm -hmm. I, for example, whenever I boost in, I've got my, my handle set to Mere Mortals podcast. It's a subtle one. I could use my name Kyron, but I like that whenever I boost in, people usually say, at me Immortals podcast said da 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 da. So it's just mm-hmm. a you know, it's a little getting of the name out there. And you you can do that. And if it becomes abused, then I'm sure the podcasters themselves will go, uh, unless you send in, you know, ten thousand or a hundred thousand, I'm not gonna read something like that which is a pure An ad. ad. But yeah. it is a just a great strategy like you do with a lot of your shows where you will have you're part of the network and then you have a highlighting of another show right mm-hmm. at the start. There, I, I see nothing wrong with saying, oh, you know, this topic was really interesting or I just had this guest on related to what you were talking about. If you, if people wanted to check out episode, da, 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 I think that's great. And uh, once again, it's it's like a value signal. If this is something that I'm willing to to put some money up front to to pay for, I think that's great. I mean, actually, does it help your discoverability because you're on these apps that are specifically for or geared towards V for V listeners? So, you know, it's easier for your audience, your intended audience to discover you on these platforms, right? Yeah, for sure. So some, for example, the Breeze app, it only surfaces shows which have a value tag in the RSS feed. So I don't think you've put up any of your shows at the moment. No. So if I went to the Breeze app, I wouldn't be able to find any of your shows. They only have the 10,000 or so podcasts which are value enabled in there. So that's just an example of like, oh, okay, well, you know, here's an app that is exclusively for doing it via this model. One like Fountain, for example, has a really interesting feature where they do promotion. So if you go onto the home home screen on Fountain, you can promote your show and you can promote a clip from your show. So a you know thirty second snippet. You could promote an episode, or I believe you could promote just the show itself. They change it up, so I'm not sure at this exact moment. But that's another great way of of doing it. I've tried that uh, a couple of times. And the brilliant thing is when you're promoting to an audience who are already doing value for value, whilst you're promoting the show on there and you're, you're kind of spending some money to do that, you're actually receiving money from people who are more likely to be sending money back to you. So uh-huh. if it was really great, if you put something really amazing out, you might be able to spend money and get that back directly, <laughs> which is really cool. Very unlikely. You're more likely to get maybe... I don't know, 10 to 30% back, something like that. But in terms of having 
an audience base, if you want to look at it in purely financial business terms, promoting your product to people who are going to have a much greater likelihood of returning value to you, that, that's a no-brainer like that. You should be doing that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I have to try that, definitely. So I did try running promotions on Fountain. There were some upsides, but it didn't work quite as well as I'd hoped. I think the issue for me is that it doesn't necessarily attract and even more importantly, retain my ideal listener, but it's been an interesting experiment and I'm definitely going to write about this for paid besties in the newsletter shortly. So stay tuned. And I just wanted to give you a quick preview. So I guess what's your big picture future facing thoughts on this? Like, do you think this is going to stay a niche thing or do you think this genuinely has the potential to become, you know, this widespread trend in podcasting? Yeah, I, I'm i a bit of an idealist, so I hope. <laughs> uh -huh. the, the stats so far are that it's growing and it's growing pretty quickly. So when, when this first started off a year and a bit ago, I think was the first boostergrams were being sent. Oh, really? It's maybe new. a year and a half. It's, it's, still, it's relatively new. Uh, it's up to about 11,000 now, something like that. And the the chart for people adopting it is is definitely that parabolic hockey stick type one. So I personally think it's going. The beautiful thing about this is it's it's just another way of of monetizing. And it's a pretty, it's not inconvenient. It's it's not super, super hard. Many of the, the podcasting hosts have this enabled as well. So if you are with Blueberry or with rss.com, or RSS Blue, there is a tab where you can fill out this stuff within your actual podcast host and that you're enabled. They'll put it in the feed for you. So oh. there's already the access for hundreds of thousands of people to do that if they wanted to. And it's more just about education now and learning more about why this is not trying to lock you into a certain thing because I'm sure you've you would have gotten many different podcast apps talking about you know where this new podcast app for monetizing we can uh -huh. you, you know do ratings and reviews and whatnot but it's just within their app and that tends to not work well because people are everywhere and and right. it, there's no there's no point having ratings and reviews for an app which only a thousand or ten thousand people use so. I think it's growing and most hosts are adopting this. Most hosts have already some of these features. So Blueberry has most of them. I'm with Buzzsprout for a lot of my shows. They already have the chapters, transcripts and oh. things like that. So it's just a matter of time, to be honest, I think. Okay, cool. Well, I guess my final thing is I'm asking guests on the show to audit me. And you've become a little bit familiar with Private Parts Unknown. That's about sex and love around the world. I have another podcast called The Bleeders. It's about yeah, book writing as well. yeah. and publishing. Oh, great. Cool. And then obviously you're on Podcast Bestie right now. So it can be in terms of V for V or just in general. Like, do you have any advice for things that you think I should do, could do better or should stop doing? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, just a question for you. Which um, podcast host do you use? I use Megaphone for Private Parts Unknown because of the network. Mm -hmm. um, I moved from Libsyn for that one. And then I'm on Spreaker for 
bleeders. And I just decided to host on Substack for Podcast Bestie since the newsletter is already there. Yeah, cool. So I don't think any of them would have the the V for V stuff in them. So if if you want to do that, yeah, I would I would either probably Fountain for you if mm-hmm. you if you just wanted to do that. Show wise, I think your shows are great. You obviously put a lot of time and effort into the production of them. Uh, it seems to be a pretty big focus of yours for the reviews and ratings. I'm, I'm curious as to why you you ask for them in particular. You know what? I didn't used to put as much emphasis on that, but some of the shows that I listen to, I think do an artful job of like almost in a way where you're making your V for V pitch of like getting their listeners to engage in that way. And I do like the communication and like, you know, not feeling like I'm going into the void. And so I've tried to, over the course of the last few months, gamify that. And like, you know, we're trying to reach a new goal. You know, we're trying to reach 250 on Apple Podcasts. Okay, great. We hit that. Now we're going for 275. And I have found the more I made that a game, the more response I got and people like actually doing that. So I kind Mm. of feel like if I made the V for V ask alongside that, it it could all be part of like my post show ask. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, brilliant. So it sounds like you're not doing it for the, I suppose, real hard hitting business side of things, which is from what I've heard, the only ways that ratings and reviews really make a difference is if you get a huge amount mm-hmm. and like a really concentrated effort and then that can perhaps boost you up on the charts. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, the only other reason to do it is pretty much why you're doing it for that feedback, for that connection of, of not talking into the void. So yep, this is where value for value is a great companion to that just with the added benefit that you get a little bit of money from it. So yeah, which is great. I've got a story for you of, of how perhaps you can get more if you want. So when I first started off on podcasting, I, yeah, I just wanted a lot of feedback and I wanted to make my show better. So what I was doing was I was going into Instagram and I was finding just a lot of different niche podcasts, usually smaller ones. I'd follow them that already following others. And so I ended up having this kind of full stack of of podcasts as, as friends and whatnot. And what I would do is I would kind of go through one by one and I'd usually listen to two or three a day. I I kind of had time for this at Mm -hmm. that time and I still kind of do, but I would listen to one or two episodes. I would leave them a rating and review. So once again, this being me just going out of my way, providing value first. Mm -hmm. And then I would leave them a message on Instagram going, hey, you know, really enjoyed your show. I like this portion of it. I left you a rating and review on, on iTunes, on Apple great work, keep it up, something like that. You know, really short and sharp. I didn't have to particularly enjoy the show. It wasn't done in the, you know, I, I like spreading the love. So even if it, unless it was a really, really bad show, I would, <laughs> I would give them the, the full kind of like five ratings. And the amazing thing with this is people respond to that and they love that. So oh, probably sure. if I was looking at it in a cynical way, I would say, oh, you know, I was, I was just trying to uh, get attention for myself but Mm -hmm. it it was this mix i was doing it because i was getting suggestions and realizing oh you know it's there's two of us on the podcast me and my co-host one we should identify ourselves right at the start so people can know whose voice is whose you know that Mm -hmm. sort of thing and i would say probably about 50 percent of the people i reached out to 
uh, reached back and probably, I don't know, a good 80% of those would uh, leave me a rating and review. So if you look on the Mere Models podcast on uh, iTunes, you'll see there's a full stack of reviews from people early on in 2020, maybe 2021 as well, where they had done the same thing, reached back out and maybe they listened to the show or maybe they just left me a review, I'm not sure. So if you want more reviews, you can definitely do it Do it like that. This is where it also highlights the problem with, with podcasting at the moment. There is not a great way of getting in touch with the person creating the podcast. Sure, they can provide a link to a website, an Instagram, a TikTok, a you know Facebook, a Twitter, whatever. But once again, that's an extra three or five clicks of, of your phone mm-hmm. to get there, to find the account, to go, you know, what's the name of that and whatnot. And hilariously, so I, I, I stopped doing this in 2020. A month ago, someone responded back on Instagram was like, wow, I, I didn't see this message from you it got put in the other category or something and they just randomly went there, you know, thanks so much. So uh-huh. <laughs> talk, talk about, you know, speaking to the void, I, I send a message off and two years, two and a half years later, I get a message back saying, oh, thanks. <laughs> so cool. this is why uh, podcasting 2.0 and value for value is so great because it's so intuitive. You do it in the app. Mm-hmm. It's one click, you write the message and then you hit send and it all magically works. And there's some ways where I can get these messages to come through via Telegram or I've linked it to a Discord. And so I can, you know, share this with my co-host. I can have this. And it's it's an amazing thing waking up in the morning and seeing like, oh, wow, someone sent in a bunch of sats or someone's someone was listening to my podcast or they're listening right now. How cool is that? You know, it, it, it's a, an amazing feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think that's like a really smart collaboration tactic. I'm going to start doing that more intentionally. Like I listen to these shows already. I think sending them a message and like taking the extra step of like bothering to review them or whatever. It's like we were talking about before. It's, you know, giving value before you're necessarily asking for it. And that's a good way to just build community in general. Oh, 100%. And and people love it. People really appreciate that for all our tech and for all our communications and whatnot, <laughs> it can be a lonely experience being on the internet. So yeah. it's it's really awesome when, when a real human reaches out and provides something back and you don't just wake up to, you know, spam <laughs> in your email. <laughs> totally. That is a great tip for getting started on cross promotions at any budget. So please take that into 2024 and run with it because that can take you very far. And if you want to get started on your own V for V journey, I highly recommend you claim your show on the Fountain app at the very least. Fountain is one of the fastest growing podcast apps. And to hear more from Karin. If you enjoy listening to me, check out the, the Mere Models podcast. If you really enjoy it, the, the book reviews. And I'd probably say the, the best for the audience listening right now would be to go to the Value for Value podcast. And in particular, probably the, the latest episode that you'll see right at the top, that was the one where I covered all the tips and tricks I learned from other podcasters and implemented onto the Mere Models book reviews. So. That's probably in terms of bang for your buck, in terms of if you're a podcaster wanting to know how to do this, how to ask, ways you can gamify it and things like that, that's probably the the best episode to, to check out. 
Big thanks to Karin. For more on this topic, check out his Value for Value podcast. And thank you for tuning into Podcast Bestie Bestie. Make sure you check out the last episode with Angie Griffith on how to rebrand your podcast. And guess what? Since that episode aired, Angie actually rebranded her podcast again. So check out the latest version of her podcast called You Get What I'm Saying. And Podcast Bestie is now on YouTube. Head on over to youtube.com slash at Podcast Bestie to subscribe. You can watch my interviews with James Cridlin, Katie Hearn Church, Gary Arndt, and more. And Podcast Bestie has been getting some awesome reviews from the podcasting community on Apple Podcasts. I got one from Edward A. Havens III. Podcast Bestie is the bestest. There's a lot of podcasts and podcasters out there who say they can help you, but Courtney and Podcast Bestie are one of the few who do it right. She gets great guests, she asks great questions, and really delves into what it takes to create, maintain, and build a successful podcast. Thank you, Courtney. Oh, thank you, Edward. Edward, if you have a podcast, please hit me up and let me know the name of it so I can promote you on the next episode. And I want to collaborate with you, Bestie. If you leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and email it to me or you include the name of your show in the review, I'll give you a free shout out on the show right here next episode. And what do you say we give this whole V for V thing a whirl? Huh, Besties? So if you get value from this show, send me a boostagram and I am going to read the comments on the next episode. So I will be keeping an eye on the fountain app. And if you send me some sats for streaming or you send me a boostagram, I am going to give you a shout out for that. Plus, there's another easy way to get featured on the show. You can buy a sponsorship at podcastbestie.com slash advertise. I have super affordable packages starting at just $25. And check out my other podcast for more of my audio creations. I have Private Parts Unknown, which is about love and sexuality around the world, and The Bleeders, about book writing and publishing. And you can follow me in between episodes at Courtney Kosak. That is K-O-C-A-K on Instagram and Twitter. And I send out lots of newsletter exclusives to my besties as well. Podcast Bestie actually started as a newsletter. So make sure you're signed up for Podcast Bestie on Substack. That is podcastbestie.substack.com slash welcome. Until next time, happy podcasting. Bye, Bestie.